is our week in the Weege. Hello and welcome to Week in the Weege. I'm Natalie Crawford. And I'm Selena Jackson. This week in the Weege, residents in Pollock Shaws tell us they're terrified to leave the house on bonfire night. Nightclubs in the city centre are to be rewarded with 4am licences if they can prove they're being socially responsible. An East Cobride teenager is thanking his local supermarket after they built a path to accommodate his wheelchair. And much like this podcast this week, the Spice Girls have announced the comeback of Girl Power, but they're not coming to Glasgow. A very warm hello to you and welcome to Week in the Wedge. I'm enjoying this Week in the Wedge, are you? Oh aye. I'd have preferred it if it's Week in the Wedge. Aye, or a Week in Barbados. This is a Week in the Wedge. I actually love that you got them to do that. I can't get over that. It it's sounds actually so good. the best thing ever. I was delighted with it last <laughs> week. It was a nice surprise for Colin as well. But hello, how and welcome, Selena Jackson. Thank you very much. It's your, you. um, your first time in the hot seat. I know. I feel like the intruder in Week in the Weed this week. I feel like it's turned into more of like the Natalie Crawford chat show because you've oh, had no, so many, please, God, don't so many different co-hosts <laughs> with you. But no, I, I'm very excited to be here. Thank uh, you for well, having me. I'm so glad that you're here. So let's get started and unfortunately on to something a little bit more serious to start this week we're well into November now and with this time of year comes fireworks and of course bonfire night which was a Monday crews were called out to a gang of 40 youths in Pollock Shields wearing masks setting off fireworks and pointing them at houses and cars The action's been condemned in the Scottish Parliament and figures show firefighters attended 338 bonfires between 5pm and 10 on the 5th of November. I can't get my head around this. Isn't that horrible? I can't. No, you're right. That's unbelievable. And I think, obviously, it ties into all this chat that we're having just now about should people be allowed to buy fireworks for personal use? And you think, you know, obviously that doesn't represent the majority of people, but it is this kind of daft minority that get all the attention and get all the publicity and it just it spoils it for everyone and I feel really really sorry for the emergency services because they probably dread bonfire night every single year because they know that they're just going to be targeted basically. Yeah it'll be one of those ones you know how you're in in different jobs you're not allowed certain times of the year Mm -hmm. off and I'm guessing I'm not a firefighter obviously but this is just going to be one of those times of the year where it's all hands on deck and it's horrible you shouldn't have to go to your work and be afraid of being attacked or you know and and for the people in Pollock Shields as well we spoke to to one who lives there Danny Phillips and and he told us he was actually terrified to leave the house so let's hear what he had to say and then we'll we'll talk about this a wee bit more. Yes um, it's got to intolerable levels in Pollock Shields I mean most of the community actually don't go out on bonfire night We're, we're stuck in our flats and our houses we kind of close our windows, our shutters, our curtains to get away from the noise and from, frankly, what are industrial-sized uh, fireworks going off in the street. When the police arrived, they did have to escort people um, so they could get into their homes and get into their closes. They were telling people to get to get out of the way of the fireworks. Um, it's not a pleasant experience for anybody. Setting off boxes and boxes of industrial-sized uh, fireworks, which were just and we had them out the front and out the back. I mean, it's just um, we've had it off, and um, we, you know, we're asking, we're now asking for the police and others to take action to stop it. That's that, absolutely yeah. shocking. It's horrendous. 
It's absolutely awful having to be escorted into your own home because there's idiots in the street letting off industrial fireworks. It's one thing to be going to, you know, your local supermarket or whatever and buying a wee box to be let off out the back door, but to be letting off, you know, display grade fireworks in your local street. I can't can't wrap my head around that. And the thing is as well, it doesn't sound like people that are buying these big boxes of fireworks be like oh let's have a great fireworks display for all our family and friends that sounds like people that are just doing it with the intention of terrorizing people and that that isn't okay like obviously pollock shields it's a really heavily built up kind of residential area there's a lot of houses there's a lot of children around there as well and i feel really really sorry for the families that you know like that guy said they're scared to leave their houses like Mm. that's that's horrendous and it makes you wonder as well how many I don't want to say legitimate but you know there's a lot of other people that could you know maybe have a fire in their house that night nothing to do with bonfire night but is it pulling resources away from genuine issues like that obviously is a genuine issue but kind of good faith issues because so many resources are being channeled into avoiding and tackling issues like that that could be prevented. Frankly I think we're lucky that we're not sitting here talking about a much more serious incident because somebody could have been seriously hurt or somebody could have been killed Mm -hmm. it's a week in the weege glasgow venues will be allowed to stay open until 4am after new proposals from the city's licensing board were approved this week it'll be trialed for a year from january in nightclubs before the city council considers rolling it out to late night pubs. Owners will need to prove they can take care of staffing customers in order to get the extra hour. And we've been speaking to Donald McLeod who is the owner of the Garage and the Cat House and he also represents city centre venues on that licensing board. He's welcoming the move. If you meet the, the strict criteria that's, that's been put in place, i.e. you're a member of Best Bar None, you're a member of our, our accredited system like Best Bar None or uh, Pub Watch, that you actually engage with the community, that you engage with your customers, then you, I suppose, yeah, you can say are rewarded with that extra hour. You should hopefully make more money, but bear in mind that money that's made is generally reinvested back into the premises and particularly, say, with the garage and cat house concerned, we reinvest it back into the events that we put on earlier on in the evening, the live music, um, to encourage people to come out earlier. It makes it safer for those people when they leave. They're not all leaving at the same time. It puts less pressure on emergency services, like the police, like like the ambulance services. So what's your hot take on that, Selena? Good I- idea? Bad idea? Well, I have to say I was quite surprised, actually, when I saw that this had been okayed, because I think... We're so used to hearing bad news, especially about the nightlife in Glasgow and, you know, like it was just mentioned there, the kind of pressure on the emergency services. So I was quite surprised to see this pass and I think it'll be really interesting to see how it works in practice. I think generally it is a good idea um, because, you know, it'll help to support small music venues and small bars and kind of independent places as well. But it'll be difficult to judge until we actually see it in practice. But then again, I mean an extra hour at the end of the night. Will it make that much difference in terms of the knock-on effect? I'm not sure, but it could make a huge difference for businesses. So I'm mm. not sure. What do you think? It's all about, I think, whether people have the stamina to stay out until four o'clock in the morning. I know I don't. I I'm definitely old. wouldn't. <laughs> um, so I think in practice, so it's going to be a trial. It's going to be for a year. It's going to start in January and it's going to be 10 times a year these 
venues are going to be able to apply to stay open until 4am so obviously they're going to be able to use that on on special occasions their new year's you know freshers week that kind of thing and i think it is a really good opportunity for businesses particularly we know nightlife and live music venues are struggling they're shutting down all over the shop and it just gives them a wee bit of a boost and a bit of a a lift there has been some criticism to this you know we broke the news on oh, I think it was Tuesday this week whatever day the 6th was Tuesday we we broke the news we had the um exclusive and we tweeted it out and there was you know a bit of criticism you know that's putting more pressure on the emergency services it's giving people more time to go out and get drunk and perhaps binge drink but the fact is the, the venues that are going to be allowed to be doing this like you heard Donald say there they have to be subscribed to you know a responsible organization like best bar none they have to prove that they're you know responsible in how they serve alcohol and how they take care of their customers and their staff as well and Mm -hmm. you know donald is is, he he runs the garage on sucky hall street and we know what a mess sucky hall street is in and there is a lot of venues down there so if this is going to give them the boost that they need to keep going through these tough times then i'm all for it yeah, absolutely. I think it's a very good way to trial it because like you said, they're all going to be subject to very strict conditions and it'll be very easy for the City Council, I assume, to revoke those licences if clubs and pubs and bars aren't um, adhering to them. So yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. I'll be interested to see how it turns out. A week in the week. An East Co-bride woman and her son are praising a local supermarket for taking the 16-year-old's disability seriously. Catherine Pettigrew asked Morrison's at Lindsay Field to build a £20,000 path to keep everyone nearby out of harm's way and the supermarket obliged. It'll make such a difference, not just for Thomas, because he's in a, a wheelchair, but for all the families. The two roads that run parallel with the Grove are really, really busy and they've got very deep curbs. If you're in a wheelchair and you sort of veered off it, you'd be on the roads and under a vehicle quite quickly. This is such a lovely story. It is. It's nice to hear a good news story for once and actually hearing, you know, a big company going out of the way to help an individual, which I think is something that you don't hear that much. Obviously, you hear a wee bit more of it now because of social media and things like that, but it's nice that Morrison's has kind of gone that extra mile for a customer. I think that's... Very heartwarming. It is, it's lovely and it's not something like you said that you hear about particularly often. I think the situation arose and, and we'll hear from, from Thomas in a, in a minute. Um, his mum was out talking just by chance to one of the contractors that was building the new Morrisons at Lindsay Field and, and she said, you know, that the, the houses in, in this estate, a lot of them are especially adapted for children with disabilities. There is a lot of that in the area and I'm not really sure how I'm going to be able to get my son to the Morrisons unless the curbs are dropped and blah 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 and this contractor I think came back within a couple of days and they had made this amazing plan to put a path in and it'll have special lights and it means that Thomas 16 year old Thomas is going to be able to take himself to the supermarket for the first time ever so let's hear what he had to say well, the first time I heard, I can remember hearing about it was just, I had came home from school one day and she just came out with, oh, I spoke to someone from Morrison's about building a path. And knowing what she's like, I thought that was just something that she had mentioned in passing that I wasn't expecting them to do anything with and I wasn't expecting her to chase up particularly much. But then it progressed from there and 
a few days, maybe a week or so later, uh, I found out that um, they had been given the planning permission and were going ahead with the building of the path. And at first, I was at first I didn't completely understand exactly how much that how important that is and sort of the positive effects that it would have. But uh, once the uses of it were like explained to me and how how much that is a, going to be a huge help to not only myself but to uh, a large amount of people in the area. That's so funny. Don't you think that's so typical? It's just, oh, you know, knowing mum, what she's yeah. like. Is, <laughs> that's exactly what I was but... thinking. Oh, <laughs> embarrassing mum out having a conversation <laughs> with a contractor. Oh, no. But it's so, it's so heartwarming and it's so nice to see a big corporate company like Morrison's stepping up to the plate like that. Absolutely. This is a week in the Ouija. Just excuse me while I have a wee boogie over here. <laughs> we're having a little simultaneous shimmy yeah. in the studio here. You, you just you can't not. I think we're children of the same generation and you hear the Spice Girls and you just want to move. I think that's a pretty universal effect yeah. that, that has on people. So how excited are you to hear that they are coming back? Minus Victoria. Minus Posh. What do you make of that? I don't know. Obviously, she's quite happy making her clothes. and She's doing pretty well. It's not as if she needs the tour. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any of them need the tour, <laughs> but she's doing pretty well. I think she'll be okay. Yeah. But no, I'm very excited. I am adamant that I'm going to be getting tickets for this at the weekend. I cannot wait. But it's in Edinburgh. I'll make the journey. It's worth it. I've been dragged through to Edinburgh before to go and see the Rolling Stones with my mum. <laughs> so if I'll make the journey for that, which turned out to be a fantastic night, but if I'll make the journey for that, I will definitely make the journey for the Spice Girls. See, I'm not so sure. I am a bit gutted that they're not coming to Glasgow and I'm not really sure why because what mm. we hear from Axe all the time, constantly, is Glasgow crowd this, Glasgow crowd that. You'll never play in front of a crowd like a Glasgow crowd. So so why are they over there playing Murrayfield, not over here playing Hamden? Or the Hydro, which of course didn't exist the first time around for them. Very true. I guess it kind of dredges up the old Hamden Murrayfield debate again, oh, but in a very different context. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't discuss Hamden versus Murrayfield without calling here. I just can't <laughs> do it. But no, I am. I'm a little bit disappointed that they're not coming to Glasgow, and I'd like to know what the kind of rationale for that yeah. was. May, you know, maybe they did only have time for for one stop on the tour, and they thought, "Hey, let's go to to Edinburgh." I guess it's quite common, though. Folk are quite used to travelling through to Edinburgh for big event, big events, even like that. So, like you said, yeah, like the Rolling Stones recently, they played yeah. Murrayfield and these big stadium tours. They they are getting. I mean, they've always been popular, but they definitely seem to be the in thing at the moment. We saw Ed Sheeran was at Hamden not that long Beyonce ago as well during the summer. Yep. Beyonce, Jay Z. So I I mean I suppose when you look at Murrayfield and you look at Hamden and all these big stadiums and you can see how many more people you can cram into that than you can into the hydro then you can kind of see the point. Yeah, and especially in summer as well, it's quite nice going to an open air gig. It'll probably be raining now that I say that. Yeah, you've just jinxed it. I know. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> this is a week in the Ouija. Well, that almost brings us to the end of the show. But before we go, it's time to find out how good our Glasgow geography is as we play where in the Weege. Yes, every week one of us will take a turn to guess what part of Glasgow and the West the other is talking about based on three clues. If we get it right on the first clue, it's three points. Second clue, it's two. And third, it's one. 
there will be a running tally. And as our guest co-host this week, Selena, it is your turn in the hot seat. How are you feeling? I'm going to put it out there. It's going to be a big fat zero, I think. (laughs) I'm not feeling good about this. I think the boss will be very happy that I'm just a one week stand in host because I'm (laughs) probably going to make a huge fool of myself here. No, well, I make a huge fool of myself doing wearing the weed every single week and I've not been sacked yet. (laughs) Um, I know, I've heard Colin saying before, there's like, oh, could you... Could you, can you believe that Natalie didn't get those clues? And I was like, oh God, no, how, Natalie, how could you not get them? Thinking, <laughs> how on earth are you supposed to know that? So don't don't set high expectations for me, please. Colin was evil and he made his clues too difficult and I would never, ever be as mean as that. So Selena, the train station here used to be called Stop Cross. Where am I? Oh, I don't know. I've heard of it. I don't know where it is. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They get progressively easier. Okay, So, (laughs) in 2016, this place was named in the top 20 hippest places to live. Where am I? Finiston? Yes! Was it? Yes! (gasps) Well done! Oh my gosh, I can't believe I got that! (gasps) Well, congratulations. It's your first week in the weege and you have done better on wearing the weege than I ever have and I've been oh, here since the fruition of this I'm thing. I'm so proud of myself. I feel like you were very kind to me there though. You said hippies and I was like okay this is quite, this, yeah. is, this is doable. Well done. So my next oh, clue you. if we had got to clue three in oh my goodness if you hadn't got it on this <laughs> um, this area is home to the SEC and a big crane. I would have got it. Good. We got well it. Done. We Back, what was that? Two points? Yes two points. I'll take that. Well done. I will take that. Thank you very much. A Week in the Weege is a Radio Clyde News production. For the latest around the clock, follow on Twitter at Radio Clyde News. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Week in the Weege. Join us again next time for more on the biggest stories across Glasgow and the West. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, and we'll see you next time on A Week in the Weege. Bye-bye.